One night, I dreamed a dream as I was walking along the beach with my God across the dark sky flashed scenes from my life. For each scene, I noticed two sets of footprints in the sand, one belonging to me and one to my God. After the last scene of my life flashed before me, I looked back at the footprints in the sand. I noticed that at many times along the path of my life, especially at the very lowest and saddest times, there was only one set of footprints. This really troubled me, so I asked about it. God, you said once I decided to follow you, you'd walk with me all the way. But I noticed that during the saddest and most troublesome times of my life, there was only one set of footprints. I don't understand when I needed you the most, you would leave me. God whispered, I love you and will never leave you. Never, ever, during your trials and testings, when you saw only one set of footprints, it was then that I carried you. That was written by Mary Stevenson. And we're always unraveling this notion that God is outside of us, that there's something outside of us. Rest in thee. Rest in thee. Thee means you. Rest in you. Rest in you. Rest in you. You rest in you. I rest in you. We're here to explore two things today. We're here to explore the notion that loneliness, the risk of loneliness, leads us to an aloneness. And an aloneness is actually the greatest space of satisfaction. The willingness to find comfort in your aloneness and your ability to rest in thee. We will fill our calendars. We will fill our lives. We will look for that thing outside of ourselves that will bring us great comfort. And yet always the comfort is right here. We are also here to explore the ability to rest in thee, to look to the person next to you and say, I rest in thee. I rest in you. And you might think, but you just told me that I need to be alone, that I need to find my comfort alone, and that will be the place of great solace. And while that's true, we are social creatures. And there is something that occurs in the web of humanity when we have a willingness to share ourselves with those around us. There is something that happens in the web of humanity when we are willing to rest in thee. So this series this month is based on the book of Joshua, chapter 1, verse 9. And it says, Behold, I have commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Fear not, neither be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. 
So we're going to break that down progressively. We might start by saying, look, I'm here. I'm with you. Don't worry. We got this. Mine is like, look, kid, chill out. We got this. The creative power is here. Relax. How do you hear those scriptures? That's really the question. You know, they can, they can like, behold. I was like, I could make up what behold means, but I really want to look that up. What does behold mean? It means look. Look. What does dismayed mean? Distress. Chill out. The Lord your God. Now that one will really have a spinning. I am not calling anyone the Lord my God. We attract a lot of that. But we always look through a metaphysical lens. So if the Lord your God is actually located right where you are, you are the one we've been waiting for. You are the one we've been waiting for. The creative power within you is seeking to express itself ever more. If only you would yield to it. If only I would yield to it. So in our, all of our classes and all of the work that we do here, the thing that we hear more often than anything is loneliness. It is the great epidemic of the Western world. If you were to look at the international statistics, you would find that the urban North American woman is the most depressed being on the planet. She is also the wealthiest on the planet. Hmm. You mean the goodies don't do the, the deal? You know, like my goodies aren't going to give me my satisfaction? There is a way to enjoy all the riches, but if you think that that is the source of your being, you will be forever disappointed. So, behold, we got this. Ernest Holmes says in Living the Science of Mind, which I don't think I've read since Foundations 10 years ago, a brilliant book, we do not judge righteously when we judge according to appearances only. I'm going to say that again. We do not judge righteously, rightly, when we judge according to appearances only. We must enter the closet and close the door. Our mental gaze is to be upward and inward and not external, for this is the secret of the secret place of the Most High. So when I started taking classes here in 2006, I was living in Oak Park. As you know, I had two kids, and I had a Volkswagen Passat, and that car was paid for. But what I knew about that car was that that car was the thing that caused me to run from me. That car was the literal vehicle that had me running all the time. I couldn't sit with me 
but I could get in my car and go somewhere. So knowing that that was causing great suffering, I had the wisdom to say, we got to get rid of this thing, if only as for spiritual practice. So I sold my car to my then boyfriend. And the deal was he was going to pay me $156.70 a month for three years. I got two months. We broke up. Car be gone. No more income on that. Another great opportunity to practice. So there I found myself. It was starting to get cold. It was becoming the late fall and into the winter. And it's difficult as a single mom in Oak Park with no car to just get up when the itch hits. And it's even more difficult when it's really cold out. So what happened was I had to take my loneliness into solitude. Our Wednesday Wisdom this week said that solitude is the only cure for loneliness. That's a big paradox. Because when we feel that loneliness, we think we got to get something out here. That will satisfy it. And so there I was in my house. And I remember many nights laying on my bed, tears streaming down my face. And it was literally like a birthing experience, birthing a new me. Because I had to sit in all the discomfort of my loneliness. And sit and sit and sit and say, is there a thing that I can rest in? Is there a thing that I can rest in? See, remember, he says, we do not judge righteously when we judge according to appearances only. My first bit of evidence was that I was a single mom, so I must be alone. You know, one of my stories is it's a lot easier to be single than it is to be a single mom. Because at least if you're single, you can get up and go. But if you have kids sleeping, you can't just get up and go. So you are really brought to your knees to deal with your loneliness. It is me and this thing called God. So there I was. He goes on to say, wherever the mental vision is set, there at the end of that vision is either freedom or bondage, joy or grief. So there I was by myself in the fetal position on my bed, tears weeping down my face, feeling the utter rapture of loneliness. And I'm taking classes here simultaneously, and thank God for that. Because something started to move in my mind that said, rest in thee. Rest in thee. Wherever you place your vision, wherever you place your attention, there you will find it. Why do we say, and so it is? I am the divine made manifest, and so it is. I am broke. I am broken, and so it is. So there I had the opportunity to say, are you lonely or are you alone? Can you go deep into the wells of aloneness and find great comfort? The irony is I got to the point of feeling so comfortable in my aloneness that I thought I could do this the rest of my life. I don't actually need a partner. And in that moment, my husband showed up. Mm. 
a new level of spiritual practice. The funny thing is that he and I had both gotten to a place in our own individual practice that we thought maybe we could really be monks. And then we met each other. And the inflated sense of mastery was dissolved and new practices were born. So, we are, de- we are wrapping up our spring classes. We are wrapping up foundations. We will offer that class again in the fall. But as we dive more deeply into our exploration, we came across this this week. The manifest body of God is always changing. The manifest body of God is always changing. This world of form, that which you see with your five senses, is always changing. Yet we know spirit is changeless. The presence of joy in the absolute is always there. However, when we are living in the world of condition, stuck in our reactions to the events and circumstances of our lives, we are not grounded in or living in the presence of spirit. The beauty of your willingness to go into thee The beauty of our willingness to make sacred our aloneness is that space and time where all peace pervades, where your peace is not dependent on your circumstances or conditions. You know, I love, I was sitting, I was like, I got to figure out a way to work Muhammad Ali into this. Now, that guy gives you a lot of material. That guy gives you a lot of material. He says, I mean, he has so many great quotes. He says, if they can make penicillin out of moldy bread, they can sure make something out of you. The infinite potentiality of life lives in moldy bread, and you don't think it lives in you? How could that be? If they can make penicillin out of moldy bread, surely they can make something out of you. Rest in me. You are the divine made manifest. You are the one we've been waiting for. I am my own salvation. All there is to do is for me to wake up to my divinity. The premise of this teaching is that there is nothing to heal. There is one thing we have forgotten, that we are one with God. All suffering comes from the notion that we are separate. All suffering comes from the notion that my good is out there. My good is in that man. My good is in that money. My good is in that margarita. Rest in thee. Rest in you. I posted a TED Talk yesterday, and I said I was going to mention it. It's by this gorgeous man. I mean, he is beautiful. If you watch the TED Talk for that reason alone, you'll be happy. 
Sebastian Younger. His TED Talk is titled, Our Lonely Society Makes It Hard to Come Home from War. And what's so fascinating to me about this is he says, today, less than 10% of our military ever goes into combat. Combat today, and it's been a progressive decline since the Vietnam War, is less, um, involves less uh, people than historically. So fewer people are impacted by the trauma of war. And yet, the percentage of our military that has received compensation for post-traumatic stress disorder has never been higher. So 10% of our military is actually in combat, and 50% of our military has received resources for post-traumatic stress disorder. And so his work is to explore why is that. And what he suggests is that maybe there's not something wrong with the vets maybe there's something wrong with our modern society. He said, if we in this, in this society were to relate to one another the way a platoon relates to one another, we would be vastly different. But you go into a deep, concentrated experience of community, and then you come out of that Modern society has never been more lonely. That is interesting. You know, our house is a bit like a commune. We always have different people staying with us. We always have different people staying with us. And, you know, that's the way people lived. For generations, intergenerational housing. That is why we come together here. There is nothing that we discuss here that you cannot read in a Wayne Dyer book. There is nothing we do here in terms of exploration that you could not get on Super Soul Sunday. So why do we come here? Because we get to experience community. What is that noise? Sam? Sam? It's like there's a spider in the speaker. Okay. So, very good. So here's the thing. The rate of suicide goes up the wealthier you are. Now, please don't make any decisions to not be wealthy because you're afraid you're going to commit suicide. That is not what I'm suggesting. I'm just saying there's something to notice there. There is something to notice. We become more isolated. You know, it has been said to me, it seems like there are a lot of people at Bodie that struggle. Someone said that to me. And I said, no, no, honey. This is representative of humanity. It's just that your world is so small that you think everybody lives like that. 
That is one of the most beautiful qualities of this community. We have people that range from homelessness to more than they could ever manage spending. And when we come together in that, and we start to be in the practice of, I rest in thee, I see the beloved of me in you, independent of the way you look, independent of how you move through society, wow, wow. You take a lab rat, you create trauma in their world, you put them alone, they will stay traumatized forever. You traumatize a lab rat, you put them in a community of other lab rats. It's a matter of a couple weeks before they recover from their trauma. That's why we come together, to rub up against each other and find those rough spots and to make them smooth. Yes? So you practice your physical hygiene well, perhaps, maybe. Maybe I shouldn't make that assumption, but let's say you brush your teeth. That's something you do. Do you practice your spiritual hygiene? Do you have the same level of commitment to your spiritual hygiene as you do your physical hygiene? We value the body more than we do the spirit in this culture. So, our work this week is to cultivate our spiritual hygiene. It does not have to be arduous. It does not have to be you in the lotus position for eight hours a day. It can be your conscious breath waiting in line at Starbucks. It can be your generosity in breathing through your road rage versus acting out your road rage. It's our spiritual hygiene. It's our muscle. Ernest Holmes goes on to say, we should never fall into the mistaken idea that there is any secret way to reality. Always are good ways. But our way must be our way and not the way of someone else. See, it can be tempting to look at a Michael Beckwith or a Gabrielle Bernstein and say, he is vegan, I too now must be vegan. Your way is your way. How do you rest in thee? How do you rest in thee? Take a deep breath and close your eyes if you would. I don't understand why when I needed you the most, you would leave me. I love you. I will never leave you. Never, ever during your trials and testings will I leave you. I am nearer than your breath. I move in through and as you. Rest in thee, rest in thee, rest in thee. 
good it is to know that there's a power and presence that I call God. The infinite nature of life itself that moves and breathes. It is the ever-expansive nature of spirit to breathe me, to move me. I am one with this one. I am one with this infinite power and presence. I am one with this eternal love. I am one with this total freedom. I rest in this knowing. I rest in this knowing that I am the divine made manifest. I step wholly and fully into that appointment. I lay down my reasons. I lay down my excuses. I lay it down and say, yes. Use me now, sweet spirit. Use me now, sweet spirit. I rest in thee. Use me now, said I rest in thee, because I am free, I'm one with thee. Use me now, I am free. I am one with thee. Rest, my sweet spirit, rest with thee. Very grateful, very, very grateful to know that there's a divine power and presence that is moving through me now. How good it is to know that I can allow this Holy Spirit to have its way in all of my affairs. I am never alone. For there is a power and presence that is pervading every aspect of my life. I am grateful for this knowing. I am grateful for this knowing. I am grateful for the fulfillment of this prayer. I absolutely know that this is done. My solitude is my serenity. My solitude is my serenity. I give that gift to me. I give that gift to all that I encounter. Peace be still. Peace be still. I release this word here and now knowing it is done. And so it is. 